God, I just pray you'll speak this morning. Father, not to our minds, God, but to our hearts. God, input something into our spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. God, I ask, open our ears to hear, not from a man, Lord, but from heaven this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're taking notes, and actually some of you won't know, there's actually now, we're not doing a weekly newsletter, there's actually note paper sitting out in the foyers as you come through the door. So if you're taking notes this morning, which I do encourage you to do, because if your mind's like mine, at the end of the service you can't remember anything, so if you've got something written down, it's really handy. Actually, it's really funny, and, and at life groups during the week, we look at the previous message and it, I, I just think it's hilarious, you know, we're sitting down and we're going over the previous message on a Sunday. And sometimes it's just like, okay, so what was the message about? And, and there's this, like this deathly silence for like 30 seconds. Oh, didn't, wasn't there something about breakthrough again? I'm like, oh, yay, somebody was listening in the group, you know. But it is really important because God is doing something in our church and we need to really hear what God is doing, and, and be able to apply what he says to our lives. So anyway, what I'm talking about this morning is do something generation. It's probably going to come up there on the screen. So do something generation. And the main passage is Joshua chapter 5. And I'm hoping we're going to get there and really get into it, but I, I want to look at that. So I've got a chair here. It's a bit of a girly chair, but it's the easiest chair to get on stage. So... You're thinking, he's sitting down and preaching? It's just because Pastor Tark's not here, isn't it? <laughs> you know, right now, I, I, I've been in the church 20 years now, and, and honestly, I can't remember a more exciting time you know, than what God is doing right now. I really can't. Some of you down the front there can't get over the fact that I'm sitting down on stage. Actually, it does feel a little bit weird, to be honest. You know? So what I want to speak about today is that right now, God is moving in our church. And we're in a church where we want to see stuff happen. You know, we've got a, a senior pastor whose heart is to change things, is to see communities change. And when we're under that leadership, that means that we should be carrying that same heart. And if we want to see things change, we can't be sitting down and just relaxing in our lazy boys, spiritually speaking, all the time. Because we actually have to do something for God. I don't know about you, but I want to do something for God. I want to significantly change something. You know, we are often referred to as a generation of doers, an experienced generation. We don't want to go and watch Fords and Holdens race around a racing track anymore. We actually want to go and do a hot lap. You, you know, it, it, there's a change in our generation. We don't want to hear about people who climb Mount Everest. We actually want to go there. We actually had Ben Lua, who's on staff, and Ryan Garrett, son of Pastor Paul, trek all the way up to base camp a couple of months ago. You know, all of a sudden, our generation thinks differently. And this isn't, oh, yeah, the 25-year-olds. This is all of us. It's our society. We think different. We're an experienced generation now. Adventure tourism. People don't come and look at New Zealand anymore. They come and do New Zealand. You know, there's a difference, there's a focus, there's a change in the way we look at things. You know, even spiritually, we don't want to send missionaries on the field anymore, we want to be the missionaries on the field. There's a change in, in heart and focus. And it's something that I believe God has placed in the spirit of our generation. We want to be doers. 
There's even a website out there called dosomething.org. And they're basically, there's over 4 million people who are subscribed to it. And their whole focus is to encourage people to find a cause and do something about it. Their motto is do something, say something, change something. See, God has placed this desire. Actually, I need to stand up. It's feeling uncomfortable. But I'm going to come back to it because you'll get the point. God has placed this desire in in our generation, a longing to see change. But to not just see it, but to be part of it. You know what I'm saying, eh? We want to see stuff change. And it's no longer like, oh, I'm going to go and talk to somebody about it. No, I'm going to do something about it. That's what's in our heart physically. That's what God has placed in our generation already. Just like I was finding it hard to sit on that seat and preach, we're the same. We don't want to sit down anymore. So let me ask you this question. What kind of faith do you have? Is it a do-something faith? Is it a passive or an aggressive faith? Is it a laid-back, lazy-boy faith? Or is it an intentional faith? Is it a focused faith? Are you focused when you come to spiritual things? Or do you have that great old New Zealand attitude, she'll be right, when it comes to your Christian walk? It's an interesting question. What should it be? And where's the balance? Because aggressive doesn't sound nice, but neither does passive. Have a think about it. Now, I can't answer this for everyone here, but over the last six months or so, God's actually really been speaking to me about this area. And I was amazed to see, actually, that really my faith, the way I outlived my spiritual side of my life, is far too lazy boy faith, far too laid back compared to the rest of my life. My personality is do something. I can't stand staying at home. I can't stand just doing nothing. I've got to be doing something. It's good, eh? But what is it spiritually speaking? Because many of us would identify with that, but do you identify with it spiritually? You know, we can't just be a a generation that does things naturally. We need to be a generation that does something spiritually, that gets off our lazy boys and does something. If you want to see a breakthrough, you want to see lives changed, you really want to do something for God, or even bigger that burns in our church, if you want to see revival, we can't be laid back with our faith. You can't be, yeah, yeah, come on on a Sunday, or worshiping God on a Sunday, and then all during the work, spiritually speaking, oh, this is good. This is comfortable. It is comfortable, actually. It's really comfortable sitting in a lazy boy on stage. You could get, I, I've seen preachers preach the whole time sitting in the chair. But we can't be like that. We can't be like that. You know, when, while I was preparing for this message, I got so excited because last Sunday, Pastor Tark started talking about breakthrough. And then he brought out that we are soldiers in God's army and that we need to engage the enemy. If you missed it, Matthew 11, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent, that should be describing us. Uh, are we violent? You're like, No. Well, spiritually speaking, we should be violent. We should be, come on. That should be the attitude that we've got in our spirit. Psalm 144, blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Too many people think that Christianity is a passive faith, a laid back faith. 
They believe that as long as I've come up the front and said the sinner's prayer and turn up to church once or twice a month, then I'm going to get to heaven. And that's all I need to do. But it's not that. There's so much more to it. We need to be a do-something generation spiritually. Look at your neighbor and say, do something. No, like you mean it. Come on, do something. You know what, I, I just want to say this. What, some of the things I'm going to say this morning aren't going to make sense logically. Not because I'm tired, but because really what I'm saying, and I am tired because our kids are ratbags, but... Some of what I'm saying this morning is speaking to your spirit, that you need to catch something in the spirit that actually I should have an act of faith, that when stuff is going on, I'm not sitting back, I'm stepping forward. I'm taking territory. I'm going after it. I'm saying, no more. Come on, time, time to say, no, no. When stuff's happening in your finances, you don't sit back and worry. But often we do. We retreat to our lazy boys instead of going... Coming to God and saying, God, I know that you're the answer. I know that you're the solution. Sometimes we need to get a little bit aggressive and a little bit radical. Now, Lee doesn't know I'm going to share this, the guy who's playing the bass this morning. But Lee came to me on Tuesday morning, first day of the week for us. Comes into me, and he was really excited. And I'm like, okay, what's he done? He's probably written a new song or done something like that. He comes into my office, and he goes, I just feel different. And I'm like, what's happened? Well, you know what he did, and this is radical. This is real radical. You know, Mondays, most of us have it off if you're working in the office. And he spent the whole day in prayer. Not an hour, the whole day. Worshipping, praying, praying in tongues. And you know what was amazing? He, he came and he said, I feel different. You know why you feel different? Because you've just brought the spiritual man that we're not allowing to release. We bring it to the fore. You know, our spiritual man can be, now man or woman, whatever you want to think about it, can be 10 times bigger than they currently are. But we don't feed them, we don't activate them, we keep them sitting in the lazy boy. And instead of letting them out and doing something. My dad had a saying when we were young, get your A into G. If you're old enough, you'll know what that means. I can't tell you, but what I can say is I think that's what God is saying this morning. We need to get going. We need to stop sitting and get going. Now, I want to make a connection to something that's this message and what we've been hearing a lot, not in the church, but about our generation. We've been called the Joshua generation a lot. And the Joshua generation is like, okay, yeah, cool, I'll take that. What does that mean? Well, I want to tell you, a Joshua generation is the generation that steps into the promised land, that obtains what has been prophesied for many, many generations. And I want you to catch this about Joshua. Joshua was a do-something guy. Joshua was somebody who didn't sit back. He stepped forward into all that God's got. And if that's what's prophesied over us, then that's what we need to be. We need to be the generation that steps into it. Now, I got some of this thoughts from a, a message by the bishop by T.D. Jakes, and honestly, he captures it in two minutes like I can't share. So Joshua 5 verse 15, just before, and this is what really hit me, the whole of Joshua 5 happens before the walls of Jericho come down. If we want to see a significant breakthrough in our lives, there's some stuff that we have to do 
not think about, not changing our thinking, but actually do. And the last part of Joshua 5, verse 15, said, and Joshua did so. I want to say here this morning that, and Church Unlimited did so. That's what we need to be saying. That all of us here this morning fill your name in the blanks, and we did so. Not we came along to church. Not we thought about God. Not we meditated, but we did something. Now, doing something could look like praying and turning up to a half night of prayer. It could look like, actually, I'm now, every morning, going to pray, going to read my Bible. I'm not just going to be a Christian. I'm going to do it. We're going to be what God's called us to be. And that means we actually have to put some action to our faith. I hope you're catching it this morning. We're not a being, we're a doing faith. It means we give. It means we pray. It means we sow. It means we go. Christianity is in a sit-back faith. And that's what Joshua shows us. So let's play this clip. And Joshua has raised this group of people because Joshua has been handpicked. Joshua was a man of war, you must understand. He was tenacious. When he worked with Moses, he was a fighter. He was not like Aaron and her. Aaron and her were servants. They served Moses. They had a serving spirit. Uh, Joshua had a different spirit. Uh, he, it was a totally different spirit. He was committed to Moses, don't get me wrong, but he had a fighting spirit. He was a warrior. He was Moses' front man. When Moses needed somebody that would go to the front of the battle, it was Joshua. Joshua was a man of war. He was a man of action. He was a do-it man. He wasn't a man who was going to threaten you. If Joshua came after you, he was going to do something to you. When Moses needed somebody that would go down into the battle, I feel like preaching. Y'all have to look over me. I just got to preach this till I get it out of me. When, when Moses needed somebody that would quit trying to fight to get a position on the mountaintop and would go down in the valley where the Amalekites were and wage war, when Moses needed somebody who would fight without having to be propped up and begged and complimented and patted on the back, he sent Joshua. When Moses needed somebody who would do the job without somebody having to look over your shoulder and be committed even when nobody was around, he would send Joshua because Joshua was a man of action, action, action. You know, I love people of action. I weary of people who get in your face and tell you what all they're doing and actually doing nothing at all. In my life, results count. I'm impressed by results. Don't tell me what you went through. Tell me you got it done. Joshua got it done. He was a do-it man. He was what the Bible told us we ought to be. Not hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. God blesses what you do. He was a do-it man. And see, when you walk with somebody who is a person of action, and you walk with a do-it man, that spirit will leak out on you. You can't have a do-it pastor and a lazy church. If it's in your pastor, it ought to be in you. Joshua was a do-it man and he raised up some do-it people. Oh, look at somebody and say, do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, can you catch that? Can you catch that this morning? 
That's why I had to show that clip, because I just can't quite deliver it quite that way. Not quite to, to his level. But oh, I just love Joshua. Can't you, can't you just see it? A man of action. Oh, action. Can you? I, I don't know. It's, it's like we just need to, God, just give me that. This morning, just make me a man of action. Make me a woman of action. Make me a Christian that gets out and does it. That gets out and takes territory, takes the land, sees the breakthroughs that you've got waiting for me, waiting for us. You know, church, you know, we hear about Whangarei. Let, let me tell you, that's a God thing. You know, we, Pastor Tuck's not going to tell you this, but he's not going out after this. He's not sowing seeds of, hey, why didn't you come and be part of Church Unlimited? Pastor Tuck is being a pastor. Pastor Tuck is doing what he's called to do. And as he's following after the vision that God's placed in his heart, you know what? People want to come on board with it. And we're not talking about people now. We're talking about churches. You know, and, and we've got to catch this and go, wow, God, what are you doing through us? You know, because we are Church Unlimited. And as Pastor Taka is a man of action, we have to be people of action. Because if we're going to step into all that God's got, if we're going to take the territory like Joshua had to, we have to do something. You know, when, when churches like Kaitaia and Whangarei come on board, we can't go, oh, yeah, that's good. Somebody else is going to do it. You know what? We have to do it. We have to be part of it. I love it that today, right now, I don't got no idea how many people, but there are people who've taken time to go all the way up to Kaitaia. That's doing something. You know, right now, Whangarei, assuming it comes on board, which I'm believing it totally will, there's work that needs to be done. You know, there's work that needs to be done. And who's going to do it? Not somebody else. We are. We are. You are. And what a great opportunity to make a difference, to do something. Okay, let's step away from Joshua for a moment. Let's think about Jesus. You know what picture I've got right now? I've got Jesus with the whip out. He's in the temple. He's throwing tables over. He didn't go, oh, that's a bad thing. He did something about it. You know, he got out there. He flipped the tables. He, he even got a bit angry. It's all right to get angry as long as you don't sin. But we do need to get to that place where we're getting a little bit fired up, a little bit angry. We need to be willing to be a bit radical, to get passionate, to get mad enough to do something. Okay, let's think about another guy in the Bible. Blind Bartimaeus, sitting on the side of the road. Jesus is going past. You imagine if he stayed sitting down in his lazy boy. We wouldn't even know his name. Nothing would have happened in his life. And I just have to say, I know God's speaking to me. There's breakthroughs waiting for me. There's healings and miracles waiting for me. But I've got to get out of my seat and I've got to step up and go, come on, Jesus, heal me. Come on, Jesus, do something in my life. Sorry, but we have to grab this. Because, you know, there's nothing different about Bartimaeus than about you. There's nothing different. Apart from he got out of his seat. Got to get out of your seat every day. Do something. 
You know, when the kids get sick, yes, we take them to the doctor. Yes, we give them Pamela. Yes, we do that. But do we pray? Do we really pray? Not, oh, God, heal them. But God, come on, I've had enough of the sickness. God, you said in your word, you said this, I believe in your healing power, and I'm going to step into it. My family is going to know that verse. We're going to walk into it. That's what it means to really take God at his word and step into it. You know, Ephesians 6 verse 12, I'm not going to get through my message, but that's all right. Ephesians 6 verse 12 simply says this, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, how many of us, and I am guilty of this at stopping in, we do not wrestle. We do not do a lot of things. But instead, we've got to wrestle against the principalities and powers. We've got to stop looking at the flesh and seeing that there is spiritual dimensions in every area of our life. That God wants to bless us. James, the book of James. Man, James is so clear about this. The scriptures kind of come up on the screen. But James chapter 1, 12. But be doers of the word, not hearers only. Doers. It's not a passive faith. Don't think about God. Do it. James 2.17, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works is dead, if there's not action, action. James 2.26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. If we believe in in the God who created the universe, who sent his son to die on the cross, and we don't do something about it, we just believe in it, well, how much do we believe? Uh, you know, when we do stuff for God, it's exciting. And I think we lose, we lose the focus of that. Psalm 119, verse 60. I make haste. I do not delay to keep your commandments. There's no passivity in that. Look at the message. I was up at once. I didn't drag my feet. I tell Zachoff for dragging his feet sometimes. Don't drag our feet with God. Was quick to follow your orders. Ooh. I love Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God. Seeking isn't a passive thing. It's a doing thing. It's not a meditating. It's an action. Maybe change that word seek to pursue. Hunt. Oh, us guys would like the word hunt there, wouldn't we? Oh, hunt. Strive. There's a real intention of that. Another example of this, and I'm giving you some real recent examples. This week, Julie, my PA, she was just sharing about, we're talking about cleanliness, you know, you know, things, very important things, keeping your house clean. You know what she said to me? She said, you know, I've changed a little bit. I don't put everything away now. And you know what her example was? And I love this, because I like it when we can leave some stuff out at home, but, but let's, let's not get a domestic going here, but... She said, I leave my Bible out on the coffee table every day. You know why? Because I read it in the morning and I read it at night. And I know because I've been to her house, the coffee table is, you know, couch, coffee table, TV. Let me just imagine this, that we all have our Bible sitting out. I'm not saying you have to do this. But then I, we read our Bible instead of turning on the box. We're doing something about our faith. 
do something. What a great example. It's simple, isn't it? Psalm 1 verse 3, he shall be planted by the river, rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season whose leaf shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever you do. See, God wants us to be victorious, but he can't bless what we don't do. Have you ever thought about that? If you don't pray, God can't work. Now, here's a little bit of a, a revelation about this. Now, when we're real baby people, when our kids are real little, we want to feed them all the time. We need to do stuff for them. That's just what you have to do. But you know when you get to, like, grown up, and, and let's just imagine that our parents are excessively well off like Bill Gates well off, like God well off. Well, even if they were, if we don't ask, they're not going to give because they don't know the need. See, we've got a God in heaven who can do anything. But if you're not asking, if you're not coming to him saying, God, I need your healing power, I need your breakthrough, guess what? He's not just going to pour it out on you because if he does that, then you're never going to talk to him, you're never going to do anything. We actually need to ask, we need to come to him with faith, with the expectation, and say, come on God, you said in your word, I believe this, I want to see it happen. You know, I believe that we're stepping into 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9, where it's saying, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor have we entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for us, which God has prepared for us. But see, if we sit down here, and treat our faith like this, we're not going to step into it. We're not going to see it. We're not going to step out in it. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 talks about running the race. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? Not walk, not sit, they run. Have you ever tried to run a race without any passion? You usually come last. We run so we obtain the prize. You know, for some of us, I feel like we've, we've, we've said the sinner's prayer, we come to church, but we're still like standing on the start line. You know, we're ready to go. The gun's already gone off, but we haven't done anything. We really haven't done anything. Or maybe we've taken the first two steps and we've paralyzed by something. This morning, don't be scared. God wants you to win. God wants you to be the head and not the tail. God wants us to be victorious. But we have to understand that and step into it. You know, we need to get passionate about the right thing. I, I'm just, this is our generation right now. In the newspaper the other day, there's a Kiwi lady somewhere in the States who's so passionate about orca whales being locked up in their tanks that she has said she's going to live in her bathtub for the next month. Now that is doing something. But let me say, find something worth, worthwhile. Find something with eternal value. You know, do something that's going to see some eternal rewards, some eternal results. Are you hearing me there? I mean, you can live in your bathtub if you want, but when you get to heaven, God's going to laugh at you too, because it's just silly. <laughs> but do something, you know? We need to get a little bit radical. We need to get out there. Now, 
Proverbs 29:18, we've heard this a lot. Where there is no revelation, a people cast off restraint. Now I want to change that word a little bit. Restraint? What about self-control? They cast off that restraint to do the thing they really intend to do. Now I've got a quote here up on the screen by Steve Jobs. And I think there's something real profound in this here. It's coming. If you're working on something exciting that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. Okay, let's put that into the spiritual context. When God has given you something to do, you're not going to need any more self-control because you're going to be focused on that. But when you haven't got an understanding of what God has got for you to do, then you're just going to be without restraint, just doing whatever, probably doing nothing. But my question is, what is your vision? Well, number one, we need to love God. How simple is that? If you're not clear, we just need to love God. Put Him first. Seek Him. Read His Word. Pray. See answers. See breakthroughs. We need to love the people around us. Get an understanding. What is it? The next thing that is really important, you're going, oh, Sam, this sounds like hard work. Well, you know what? When you start doing it, there's freedom. There's so much freedom. It becomes, it's up there, it's going to come up on the screen, about satisfaction and fulfillment. When you start doing what God's called and placed in your spirit, you are so satisfied, you're so fulfilled. You know, the other day, I was out having coffee with somebody, and, and I, we are just standing there paying, and I said, oh, how's it going? I, somehow something came up, and you know, I said, oh, have you ever been along to Church Unlimited? No, but I know some people there. You know, I've even been thinking about it. Gave her the card and said, hey, why don't you come along? You know what? I went along the next week. Oh, how's it going? Did you come along? Oh, no, I didn't. But I will. I will come along. Now, you know what? I'm, I'm praying that she will. But I'm walking out of that cafe going, yeah, come on. Because you know why? I'm doing what God's called me to do. Not, not because I'm doing because Pastor Tark's stirring us to do it. I'm doing what God's called us to do, to go. Yesterday, Jody and I, we were out at an open home, we're talking to this lady. And you know what? It was just so easy to talk to her about the gospel. I'd run out of cards, so Jody had to run back to the car to get a card and give it to her. And she said, I'll pray for me. And we told her to watch the TV program. You know, I'm walking out of there going, that's what it's about. Do something for God. And it's so easy. It's so easy. We need to get a little bit radical. Okay, let's go back to Joshua. We're just going to have a look at a, a few little points with Joshua. Joshua chapter 5. Okay, you've got to understand. Chapter 6, Jericho, the walls come down. I'm going to probably just look at two points because that's about all I've got time for. So first one, circumcision. Ooh, you're like, Whoa. I'm just thinking right now all the guys are just Let's read verse 3. Here it is. So Joshua made a flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. That's radical. That is radical. Now, this isn't an eight-year-old boy, eight-day-old boy, you know, that the Jewish people do now. These are fully grown men taking some radical action because why? They've stepped away from what God had been calling them to do. They've stepped out of the covenant. 
They've still got the covenant, but they're not living in it. And God says, before you can step into that breakthrough, you need to do this. Imagine being the guy. Now, don't worry, we're not going to do this. Don't be scared. But just imagine, just imagine. All the ladies laugh, all the guys are like, oh. Imagine being the guy, Joshua, who's standing up and okay, men, come here. I've got something to tell you. Got a knife in his hand. You just imagine, can you? That's doing something. That is doing something radical. Who? That's a real leader who's going, man, well, I'm going after the destiny that I've got called, and if I need to do that, I'm going to do that. And I can guarantee you right now, the first guy, now somebody will tell me if it had already been done to him, but if it hadn't, he would have been the first guy. He would have been leading from the front saying, we're going to do this. Well, that's radical. Guys, understand, that's radical. Ladies, just understand, that's radical. That's crazy. But what is God saying to you to do? Maybe there's a co-worker that you just actually need to mention that you're a Christian. Maybe it's actually, look, I just know I need to develop my relationship with God. Maybe you just need to take those steps. But whatever it is, do it. If Joshua can do that, we can do this. Now, verse 14 real quick. Um, no, verse 8, the next part. There was time to heal. If you need to change something, you don't have to work on that and the next day you're out there fighting the battle. You know, God allows time for us to grow and change and heal. And I think this is really interesting to not rush. But I want to skip a slide and just look at verse 14 because this is really interesting. Verse 13 and 14, if you've got it, Joshua 5, it's up there on the screen. And behold, a man stood opposite him, Joshua, with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversities? Adversaries, better say it right. And the man said, no, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. See, I think sometimes we lose the sight of going, I'm doing this, God, come behind me. This is the direction I'm going on, God, you come, you come in line, come here. But you know when you're being real radical? It's when you're actually stepping into all that God has called us to do. Amen. See, the army, some, the, the angel, some say it was Jesus in, in a fleshy form in the Old Testament. He wasn't there to get behind Joshua. Joshua was doing what God was coming, and now was the appointed time. Now was the appointed time for Joshua and the Israelites to go and step out and take the land. But it wasn't that the angel had turned up to do what Joshua wanted. It was that, you know, follow this. It was that God had turned up to take the Israelites into all, all that they've got. And that now is the time. See, we've been here for 28 years, but now is the time where we're going to start stepping into stuff. And that requires us to go and do something. That requires us to go and do something. And you can just sense it. I can, you can just see it. That the angel's standing here and saying, okay, I'm here now. Are you going to come behind? Don't worry about what I'm going to do. Are you going to follow in? Are you going to follow? And I just think it's so powerful that we can't lose that. We can't lose sight of that. So to wrap it all up, Joshua was a man of action. We have been called the Joshua generation. Not the young people, all of us. We are the generation. A generation that wants to do something significant for the kingdom of God. To do this, we can't sit back and let life happen. We can't sit in our lazy boys any longer because you know what? Life just passes us by. 
We must have an active faith, a faith that sees breakthroughs, that brings change and transformation. If we're going to be the generation that steps into our destiny, that takes the promised land, whatever that looks like, the stuff that God has been prophesying to us and to the previous generations, to see revival here in New Zealand, we must be willing to be a bit radical, to get passionate, to get fired up, to get a bit mad, to get angry and do something about it. Engage the enemy. Go after your breakthrough. Don't wait for it. Run after it. Pursue it. Church, we are the do-something generation. So let's do something this morning. Amen? Amen. Well, let's have the musicians. As the musicians come, I really want to say, I'm not here saying you're lazy. Don't, don't get that from this message. I'm here saying there's so much more for us. You know, I'm calling myself lazy sitting in that chair all the time. You know, God has got so much more for us. We're going to sing that song with everything. We're starting with Let Hope, Hope Rise. Because this morning, this is about allowing your spirit to be excited about what God's got in store for you. So team, we're going to sing it. And I want to encourage you, let's stand up. Let's sing it. Let's allow that to say, God, I'm going to do it with everything. This morning, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to start pursuing you. I'm going to get off my lazy boy and go after you.